Oh, hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Tapstream Podcast, episode 20. I cannot believe that we are 20 episodes into this. Uh, you'd think I would have had this figured out by now. <laughs> Oh man, it uh, it is somewhat fitting and not fitting that we are going to have maybe potentially the shortest episode of the Tapstream podcast since it has started. Um, normally what I do if I don't have anything special planned is have a what have I been playing, what I've been watching, kind of back and forth. Uh, unfortunately, it's been such a busy week that I really don't have uh, what I've been watching. Uh, there's nothing new that I've been, been uh, checking out, didn't go to the movies, Um yeah, the only the only thing I can cover is a game that we I teased last week, which was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, but it's a it's been it's been a pretty thin week. However, what I am going to try and do, and this will be a first, is tomorrow the season eight premiere of Game of Thrones will be released, and I will have watched it. However, by the time it ends, it'll be already kind of late, so I'm going to take a gamble here and record the first half of the podcast today at 12 a.m., which I guess technically now is Sunday, uh, Saturday, since I haven't gone to sleep yet. I'm going to record the first half of the podcast tonight, and tomorrow I'm going to watch Game of Thrones and then come record a quick little uh, preview or review or just kind of impressions of how the first episode went. So you actually know more at this point in time uh, if I have succeeded or not, just based on how long this particular podcast episode is. Um, again, we'll see how it goes. I, I, I would like to kind of do a week to week um, impression episode of Game of Thrones since I'm, you know, I've been following the show. Who hasn't been following the show uh, since the original premiere? So I think that'd be really fun to kind of document what I uh, what I feel about the episode. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll work. If not, we'll figure something else along. If there's anything that is the embodiment of this goddamn podcast, it's that uh, there is never a con consistent form, but we'll figure it out as we go. So anyway, like I said, uh, really only thing I can talk about is what I've been playing. And the only new thing that I have played this week is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Now, if you're not familiar with this game, it is the latest entry from From Software, uh, which is always a name that makes it hard to talk about uh they are a studio that is synonymous with incredibly difficult gameplay uh from games like dark souls one two and three bloodborne and demon souls uh and i think i've actually since found out that they have they have more projects but those are the only ones that i'm familiar with and i'm willing to bet those are the ones that they are very well known for now the only games that i have a lot of time in to kind of compare Sekiro to is Dark Souls. So if you've never played a Dark Souls game, it is essentially very focused on boss fight encounters. Um, it's an action, action adventure game, so you're going around, you have different classes that you can be, different weapons that you can pick up, and you are trying to find these rooms that the bosses are located so you can, uh, you know, take them on win. As you beat enemies and as you continue forward, you collect souls. Those souls can be used to spend upgrade points on your character and make them stronger or buy items in the game to unlock this or that or give boosting effects. However, if you manage to die out in the field between save points, every soul that you have collected will be left where you died. You get one chance to get back to that point to recover your souls or else they're lost forever. So it's just those kinds of punishing gameplay mechanics that From Software imbues its games with so that it is constantly keeping you challenged and constantly keeping you um, cautious in the way that you play. 
And that's not even beginning to touch on how incredibly unforgiving the boss fights can be. Uh, very, very pattern heavy, pattern recognition heavy, and having to learn the movesets of your enemies so that you can dodge and, and strike when the minimal uh, window of opportunity arises. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is an incredibly difficult game. Again, I, I'm almost positive if anybody who's listening to this gaming podcast, you know it, you've heard of it, you've heard stories about that game. So now I, I am a fan of those games because despite how difficult they get, there is no feeling greater than the catharsis that comes from, well, I really got to learn how to say catharsis. There's no greater feeling than the catharsis that comes from finally toppling a beast. Uh, or a boss, I should say, uh, because you enter in every encounter thinking, man, I can't do this. This doesn't make sense. Like, how the hell am I supposed to win here? And then you keep at it and slowly but surely you watch the tide turn as you figure it out and eventually win. And it's just this amazing release of adrenaline and emotion and happiness that keeps me wanting to go to the next boss. Um, and Sakura is no different. Uh, it is the very, I wouldn't say exactly the same. It's definitely different from Dark Souls. In fact, uh, a lot of times if you hang out in the streams, you hear people talking about how you have to forget the skills that you learned in Dark Souls to be able to progress in Sekiro. And I think there is some truth to that, but we'll get that get to that in a second. Because um, the at its core, what Sekiro has is that same you know, build up an eventual catharsis that that from software has become known for. And I I love it. I'm really enjoying Sekiro. Um, it's again, it has the incredibly difficult but satisfying gameplay. But in this, it seems like parrying uh, is a lot more emphasized. So if you don't know what this game is, you are a uh, shinobi or a ninja uh, set in, in Japan and that's about as far as I know when it comes to the story, because I rarely pay attention to story when I'm streaming and it's on in my downfalls, but I know enough to get through. So you are this ninja that is going around and attacking enemies and you are you have your your blade. And as you engage in conflict with other uh enemies you have to take into account parrying with your sword because they have a new mechanic in this game called posture now posture is a separate meter aside from the character's health that if you build up the posture meter you are then granted the ability to deal a death blow and those deal either one death blow if it's a lower totem pole enemy or if it's a higher totem pole totem pole enemy you take a significant chunk out of their health and it's a lot quicker than to just chip away at the health they have so that posture meter represents whether or not their posture is broken and every successful parry or, or deflection that you were able to pull off it builds up that meter however the timing the window of timing that they give you to land a parry is unforgiving but satisfying if you can figure it out now pair that with the fact that this game has taken away a stamina bar which is something that the other games had been uh you know pretty reliant on you were able to move around constantly run around not worrying about how much you're attacking because you don't have to take that into effect with your stamina it creates this atmosphere where you get to be more aggressive with your attacks and almost encouraged i would say because right after parrying you are immediately within striking range and so it's almost this frenetic feeling that i have in sekiro that i don't think i really feel in dark souls 
and I like it. It's a nice change of pace. Everyone told me that that was going to be the case with Bloodborne, and although I do see it, I feel it even more in Sekiro. Um, cause, cause the way that I was playing Dark Souls 2 before we switched over to this was that I was just lumbering beast that had a giant, um, club on me and I would, I would circle the enemies, dodge when I needed to dodge. And then I would just slam my, my, um, my club down and I would do massive amount of damage. It was a slow and lumbering process that I would rinse and repeat. But with Sakuro, it's not necessarily that I can do that. One, because you were you are uh, a character named Wolf. You don't upgrade him. You don't. Well, let me rephrase that. You don't give him different armor. You don't give him different weapons. You have his base character and his one sword. There, there are other things you can upgrade, like uh, ninja or shinobi techniques. But for the most part, you were always going to be just the base Wolf. So the playstyle is pretty pretty set in stone but it allows you to be quick and, and on your feet when it comes to the timing with the parry mechanics and i like that um i the enemy patterns the, the enemy pattern recognition is there too but for some reason it feels a little bit more challenging even down to the lower level enemies in sakuro given given that you have to break every person's posture to be able to to conquer that encounter I'm paying attention to it more than I ever did in any of the other Dark Souls games. So it's it's a little more engaging in that way. Now, uh, another thing that I'm liking about this game is the way it handles traversal. You have this hook that you can uh, latch on to certain points in the game and just launch yourself into the sky and, and scale buildings and trees and cliffs quicker than if you were to just kind of like find the path up there. Now, I'm kind of harshly segueing into that from the combat because it is still always available even in combat. So there are times where I can go fight an enemy, uh, need to quickly withdraw and look for an anchor point and launch myself away from combat, regain posture, um, which actually I'm not <laughs> regain posture as the phrase, not necessarily the in-game mechanic, uh, compose myself, I guess, which is pretty much the same thing. Anyway, uh, I can launch myself away, compose myself and then get back into the heat of the battle. Like it's it's this nice breather and tempo change that allows me to be aggressive yet uh, collective if I need to be. And I like it. Uh, and of course it's not, I mean the whip is not just for, for combat as well. Like I said, you are exploring this this area that it's set in Japan. I should have looked that up because uh, I'm, I'm painting with a broad stroke here. Uh, it allows you to explore these areas that is, that is something that I don't feel i got with dark souls like there is there is exploration and looking for secrets and then opening this and that but it always felt like it was this singular path that you were on with sakuro it feels a lot more vertical since again you can scale buildings and kind of climb on rooftops and sneak this way and that but it has more areas to search in that i think are a little bit off the beaten path so having that that whip to kind of quickly get to place from place is nice uh you have a double jump as well and they're like every game has the what's it called the it's it's like like for example in uncharted there's a special word for it but i can't think of what it is right now like in uncharted you would always know where you need to climb because the area was yellow like that ledge was somehow indicated with yellow you can kind of see it with with sekiro it's not necessarily as prominent but you can grab onto ledges and continue exploring upwards and downwards and it's i don't know it's really fun um as far as my progress goes, uh, 
the <laughs> I haven't even taken on a boss, <laughs> so the, the, that's to show you how uh, how deep into it I am. I mean, I've put ten hours into the game pretty much, um, but I don't know if that's on par with the general population of Sekiro. Um, so far, the only big uh, boss or really mini boss I could say that I have taken down would be the Chained Ogre. Um, since I started this game, people told me this was going to be the place that broke me and would make me want to quit the game. Uh, that only fueled me into wanting to to continue past it because I did. I, I spent about two hours on that boss before I was finally able to, to conquer him. And it was uh, it was really fun. Uh, again, it ties back into why I love from software games so much. Uh, I was frustrated and upset and kind of at my breaking point all the way up until I finally beat it. And I just when it happened, I just like I put my controller down and I was just kind of like exhaling just constantly and just had the biggest smile on my face because it was a satisfying victory. Not there's not a lot of games that can elicit that kind of emotion, so I've always found it special with these games. Um, however, that was short-lived because that was on this past Tuesday, and on Wednesday we ran into the first wall that I have been unable to climb. So after shortly after beating the Chained Ogre, you get some items, you bring it back to the dilapidated temple, and you are sent on into this new area. And I have found a boss, another mini boss that has given me a lot of trouble. And they are called the Shinobi Hunter Inshin of Misen. I may have gotten that wrong, but they are this uh, cloaked white figure that has a long spear. And they are surrounded by other enemies that makes their encounter damn near impossible. Because given the fact that they have a long spear and a thrusting uh, maneuver, it is so hard to stay out of their range while taking on everybody else <clears throat> the answer seems to be to be stealthy but if anybody is familiar with me they know that i am not the stealthiest person so that's why i'm struggling so much there if it was a one-on-one -on -one fight i think i probably would have beaten it by now but it's not so i'm gonna have to either find a way to adapt to being sneaky or hopefully progress in other areas of the game and and be able to come back to this one with a little bit more experience in every sense of the word because the the main like i said the main thing that they're teaching you with this is the thrusting mechanic of the enemies and if you time your dodges just right you were able to parry that dodge i'm sorry you were able to parry that thrust which is something you normally don't do but again from software that window of of uh, yeah parrying ability ability is so incredibly small that it's you know high risk high reward no wait yeah high risk high reward so uh yeah i'm still learning that part uh, i spent a good chunk of the stream on wednesday at that guy and eventually decided to explore elsewhere because i couldn't do it which led me to my actual full boss boss Giobu On oniwa i don't know if i said that right but it, it's I think I did. I looked it up. I tried to Google how to pronounce it because uh, I wanted to be a little bit more uh, considerate of these names, but I couldn't find one because every video I I, I searched was uh, how to beat the boss, not how to pronounce the boss's name. So anyway, yeah, uh, Gyubu Uniwa. This is the actual first boss. 
in the game, not just a mini boss, an actual full on boss. And he is on top a warhorse and is carrying a long spear and is fighting you through a battlefield of just, uh, you know, there's a bunch of debris and I think, you know, dead people on the ground. It, it's clear that there was a war that was here. And from everything that I understand of the story, he is somebody that has been left guarding the gate. Um, I'm just trying to give more context. So if you were familiar with the game, you know where I'm at. This boss, I have more confidence in beating than I do for the mini boss Inchin of Misen. Uh, and it's only because I actually got pretty close in doing it. But I had already spent so much mental energy trying to beat the mini boss, and I was already kind of like in my own head and down that I just ended up giving up for the night and moved on to Tetris 99. Um, I actually had planned to try and uh, and uh, get some time in with the game this weekend so that I could be better for Tuesday, but I haven't quite done that yet. So uh, hopefully maybe tomorrow I'll do that. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm really behind in some of my behind-the-scenes stream stuff. It's been uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, so fingers crossed I can get back on track soon. So the one I can focus on this, focus on the clips again and all that jazz. But yeah, those are my, uh, those are my first early impressions of Sakuro. I, even though I have been beaten pretty badly by this mini boss and boss combination, um, I'm not quite ready to give up yet. Uh, I keep I keep referencing how good it feels to finally get over that barrier and that there's no game that can compares to it. Uh, I actually ended up posting a clip on my Twitter, uh, which I'll link in the description if you want to see, of me beating the Chained Ogre. And you can see my reaction as, as I finally win. That right there is the reason that I'm not ready to give up on this game just yet. Um, there's always been a point in From Software Games where it just clicks. And when that happens, it is the greatest feeling in the world because you feel like you can take on any boss. You're going to run into some walls, but you you know what you're doing and it's all about execution in every sense of the word. So, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing more of that this week on the, the stream schedule. But that'll do it for what I've been playing. I mean, I mean, the other stuff is Tetris 99, of course, Super Mario Maker and... Um, and that's about it. I picked up Baba as you. <laughs> like I, I picked it up and looked at a puzzle and it was so difficult that I, I ended up not having time in my quick little two minute break to continue playing it. But uh, I'm still definitely enjoying that game. But uh, yeah, this is this is the make or break moment. You actually know more than I do at this current time. Uh, if there is more to this episode, that means I was able to record my game and throw some impressions. If not, then uh I'm going to go ahead and do this. Uh, if you did enjoy the stream, no, not stream, podcast. If you did enjoy this podcast, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, whatever it is you need to do on whatever platform that you're listening to. Uh, make sure that you do that. Share it with friends. And uh, yeah, you can also follow me on the tap stream on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where I am posting daily videos for everybody's enjoyment. Uh, my only goal is to make your day better, and that is by selecting the funniest clips from my five-hour streams and bringing them down to like one-minute clips. So uh, yeah, go follow me there if you'd like to see what I do, or if you'd like to get a larger taste of what I do, Mixer.com slash the tap stream Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, or just Central Daylight Time now. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, as far as the week schedule goes, I haven't set it in stone at this point in time, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Sekiro Tuesday, Wednesday, and Mario Maker on Thursday. Um, 
I think that'll be it. So let's go ahead and do this. What's been the highlight of your week? If I were to pick a single moment from the week that is the highlight of my week, it would be easily the uh, induction of new members for the Variety Pack stream team. Uh, it is a team that I'm so proud to be a part of. And to see the response and the reactions to the people that have joined the team here recently over the weekend has been incredible. Um, if you go to mixer.com slash team slash variety pack, you can see the directory that has been built, which that is the ultimate goal of the team to build a directory for people who love variety gaming and streamers. Um, it really is an honor to be a part of something like that and watching it grow. I mean, to the point like organically is, is it's awesome. It's it's everything I moved from Twitch to Mixer 4, and it's, I don't know, I'm going back and forth now, but I'm happy, and I that's the highlight of my week. So if you're not familiar, Mixer.com slash team slash Variety Pack, uh, Twitter.com slash Variety Pack team, Instagram.com slash Variety Pack team, go check it out. A lot of great people there that you need to be familiar with, especially I know a lot of my well, maybe not particularly the podcast audience because I know there's not a one-for-one, one, but I know a lot of my social media presence is still rooted from my time on Twitch. So if you're listening and you have ever considered making the jump from Twitch to Mixer, this team is where you want to look. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the loneliest feelings that I had ever felt from streaming is when I first made the move and I would end stream and not know where to go. Like I didn't know who to host. I didn't know where I was going to hang out a bit while I wrapped up for the night and it just it was isolating and had it not been for being good friends with Magellan and having them recommend me other streamers to watch I don't know if I would have had the roots in Mixer to stay and I'm so glad that I did because now I'm I'm fully in love with the Mixer switch Variety Pack can be that for you so if you're thinking about making the move from Twitch to Mixer go spend some time on that directory get to meet some people get a feel for them and you never know maybe it will be the roots that you need to to make the switch of course you can always DM me if you have any questions about it because I'd love to talk to you about it as well okay all right that'll do it uh I want to go ahead and give some special thanks to Nick Nicholas 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 Sandifer uh for the theme song that played at the intro and the theme song that is going to play right about now. Alright everybody, I love your faces and I'll see you next week unless this is Game of Thrones talk. Let's see. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so I lied. I said there was going to be a little bit of a Game of Thrones uh, review tagged on to the end of this episode, but what I think I'm going to do instead is post what I already recorded, which you just listened to, and I'm going to try and get a bonus episode up with a friend uh, as we both discuss our impressions of the first episode of Game of Thrones. So it's not 100% sure that that will happen, so I don't want to guarantee it, which is why you probably haven't seen any reference to it on social media, but... Hopefully, 
later on because this uh this episode will be up at like 2 a.m on monday morning hopefully later on in the day we will have a episode recorded together and if i can get a friend because uh, I'm still trying to uh, work around schedules and figure out who can do this with me. If I can get a friend to do this consistently, uh, we might shift the release of the podcast later to make time for us to consistently record uh, for the next six weeks our reviews of Game of Thrones, because I think that could be really fun. So thank you for listening to this uh, uh, impression of what Sakura's Shadows Die Twice has been. Um, uh stay tuned maybe there'll be a bonus episode that you guys can listen to with my thoughts on game of thrones in short i really liked it it was uh it was good it's definitely one of those everything's kind of getting set in place so that we can see how crazy the season's gonna get but uh yeah hopefully i'll have more thoughts on that later thank you so much for listening everybody have a good week